Good evening. How about now? There we go. Well, you know, let me, let me begin and just say, for, especially for the visitors, that, you know, I, I, I'd like to say I, I don't normally dress like this, but that'd be a lie, so I can't say that. <laughs> but we are glad you're here with us if you are visiting. And the, uh, you know, what I want to do tonight is just to, to give us a little bit of a, a framework. How, how do we look at this, this celebration of Christmas? You know, we, we've just finished finished a series, uh, our, our Advent series, and what we did is each week leading up to this, this Christmas celebration, each week we looked at a different name that's attributed to Jesus. Uh, there are literally hundreds of names that the scriptures attribute to, to Jesus, to the Messiah. And we, we looked at a different name and what that, that points to, and tonight I, I really believe we're going to look at what it certainly is my favorite name that is given to, to Jesus, and I, I'm quite certain it's his favorite name too, so you can check in with him on that. But the, the name we're going to look at tonight is found in, in Isaiah chapter, chapter 7, and it talks about the Messiah being called Emmanuel. The prophecy says that a virgin will conceive and bear a son, and his name will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And, and this concept of a God who is drawn near to us, a God who, is, who has come close to us, is really at the core of Christianity. It's central to what we are celebrating this, uh, this night and, and tomorrow, this notion that we have a God who knows us, a God who sees us, and a God who has chosen, who, who desires to draw near to us. This is what makes Christianity unique of all other religions, because the message of Jesus is not, if you are good enough, you can come close to me, or if you're holy enough, or if you're nice enough, or if you work hard enough, then you can, can come close to me. But the message of the gospel of Christ, the message that Jesus came with, is that I see you, I know you, and it's my delight to come close to you. It's my desire, it's God's heart to draw near to us, to be with us. And it, it doesn't matter if you're here tonight and you're, you're eight years old or you're 80 years old. What we celebrate this weekend is the fact that God sees us. He knows us. And he wants to come close to us. And he wants to be known by us. There's not one of us who is here tonight because somehow we slipped onto this earth without his knowledge. The scriptures say that he knows us intimately. I mean, he, he has the, the number of hairs on our head numbered. And, and for people like me, that is extraordinarily good news. Because for most of you, God spends most of his time counting your hair and seeing what's come in and what's fallen out. With me, he pays attention just to my life. He doesn't have to bother with, with counting hair. 
that's how I figure it. But the, the, the truth is that God wants us to recognize that we have a God who is pursuing us constantly, regularly, and that he doesn't put bars up for us to have to leap over. He doesn't, he doesn't put hoops for us to jump through in order for us to draw near. I mean, even Santa had lists. You know, Santa knows who's naughty and nice. But the scriptures say that God doesn't keep an account of those wrongs that, that we have slid into. But quite the opposite. That God continually is inviting us to come close. That we have a God who is drawing near and chooses to be with us. And as I said, this is the, the message of Christmas. This is what we celebrate. Now, I, I grew up in New York City, and, and the home I grew up in was profoundly disconnected. I mean, there were five of us, my, my parents, my, my two older brothers and I, we, we lived under the same roof. But there was, there was really little or no relational connection there was no coming together. There was very little sharing of, of life at all on the weekdays. However, on the weekends, that all changed. On the weekends, what changed the atmosphere of my home was, was my grandfather. My grandfather would come. He lived on the other side of New York City. And he would come and he would spend every weekend with my brothers and my parents and I. And my grandfather is, was a enormously relational. I think we have a picture of my grandfather. You throw that up. My grandfather was all about relationships. When he walked into our home, you could just feel the atmosphere change. You can feel a, a sense of relaxing because my, my grandfather, his entire attention and affection was towards my brothers and I. And he, he, he could see no wrong in us. There was plenty of wrong in us and, and out of us. My grandfather, he saw us, he loved us, and he wanted to constantly press in and invite us to come close to him. And what, we, what I saw in my grandfather and the contrast to what my home was like created a... a a, a framework for how I've come to recognize who God is. Because my grandfather helped me to realize that there truly can be relationship, period, let alone a relationship with God. So here we are tonight celebrating the fact that God, Emmanuel, has come close, has drawn near, what, what we find, if we look at our lives and what I've seen in, in, in the, the years I've been a pastor and just the years I've been alive, is that with most human beings, now I, let me change that, with all human beings, there is a underlying sense of disconnection. I mean, what, what I experienced in my home was was more profound, but I think all of us understand what, it, what happens and what it feels like to feel 
disconnected to others. What, what sociologists call a, a cosmic isolation or cosmic loneliness. The, the ability to, to be in a large group, in a large crowd, to be around people that we know and know us, but to still feel alone. We, we can experience that at school. We can experience that, that sense of a, aloneness or isolation uh, at work. We can experience it in families at times, even close-knit families. That ability, though we're around others, to feel like no one quite sees or understands my reality. Am I, am I talking to the right group tonight? Sometimes it ebbs and flows, that sense of connection, but that's something that's, that's consistent with humanity. And this, it, it's not so much a sense of, of loneliness in the traditional sense, but it's a sense of aloneness. Sometimes being invisible or isolated. Now this disconnection, this, this this, this aloneness, which, which is common to all of us from time to time, certainly, is ironically experienced more often during this season with, with all the Hallmark commercials and all the movies and all the emphasis on family coming together. What that does at times is it, it makes it even seem and feel more pronounced how we feel like everyone else is connecting so well, but not me. And it is this disconnection that is at the center of what we celebrate with Christmas. That God says he so loved us that he sent his son to us to be with us. That at a point in time, God himself stepped off the very throne of God, came to earth, not, not to, to check up on us, to, to measure how we're doing, not on some kind of divine field trip just to uh, uh, satisfy his curiosity of what's it like to be a, a human being, but that God chose to draw near to each of us individually and his, his people collectively, he chose to draw near to us in order that we would be restored to that need for, that desire for, for connection. What we celebrate at Christmas is God coming close. He's Emmanuel, God with us. And that's the good news of the gospel. That's what the Apostle John talked about as he wrote his gospel, his story of Jesus, when he said that the word or Jesus was with us and he dwelt among us. See, this is God's response to this God-created need to be understood, to be known. Even introverts like me, there's a desire to be connected, to be known. And it's not to be just some kind of theology or, or, or doctrinal 
concept, nor is it to be just some sentimental notion that God sees us and knows us and wants to draw near. It's meant to be a reality that affects our life every day. It affects us when we're at school. It affects us when we're at work. It affects us when we're at home. That we become increasingly aware that the God of heaven and earth chose to be known, chose to draw near to us. A year year and a half ago, uh, many of you know, my wife Penny and I were, were on uh, the way to, a, we were having a family vacation. My kids and my grandkids, we were going to Virginia. And on the way, had a, a serious accident. And th- thankfully, the, our, our children, our grandchildren were all well, but Penny suffered and experienced enormous injury. She, she broke her neck in a couple of places and, and her, her arm and was, was severely broken from top to bottom. And, and uh, her, her, uh, there's a fracture in her skull. And, and I remember, as if it was yesterday, they brought a helicopter, a life flight, and brought her to Roanoke, Virginia, which was uh, uh, the nearest trauma hospital. And that night, when, when uh, she was there in ICU, she was on life support. And, you know, she was intubated, and, and the machine was breathing for her. And I remember in the, in the, the middle of the night, I, I think we have a picture of, of that hospital room. I was there in the middle of the night, and there was such a profound sense of isolation there was a profound sense of aloneness in that room. Just feeling so far away from my family because uh, the kids and the grandkids, my brother came and, and brought them back home. Uh, I was away from my family. I was away from the church family. There was this sense that, that no one knew, no one saw where I was and what was going on. And I remember that, that night just, just fighting, if you will, pushing away these circumstances and all the questions that were, were swirling around in my mind of, of what was before us and what, what, could be, what was to be expected, pushing away from the situation, pushing away from the circumstances and saying, God, I need for your presence to be here tonight. And I, I remember those, those moments when, when it was as if things began to part between, between the circumstances and my sense of God's presence. When things began to part between heaven and, and that earthly reality and I would feel that sense of God's presence and that peace and then it would begin to fade as my attention went back to, to the, the sound of the, 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 the breathing machine. When my mind went back to what's going to happen tomorrow. But I, I found in that room, in that situation, the reality of what we are celebrating. 
that there was a God who was able to draw near. There was a God, not because of the theology which was attributed to him, but because of the reality of his very presence in that room that brought a peace, that brought a rest that I, that I had to struggle to hold on to and to pry my eyes off of those things that are, I was anticipating, the questions that I had. The aloneness was palpable, but his presence began to slice through. Jesus is the Emmanuel, the God who is with us. And the challenge that we have and the glory of the gospel and the joy of, of what we get to celebrate at Christmas is that we can grow in our ability to take hold of and experience his presence with us and those that peace that comes with the presence of the living God. I didn't realize that about six, seven months after we were there in Roanoke, Virginia, and she began to recover slowly and, and began to get a uh, number of surgeries on her arm and things began to heal and her, her neck began to heal. Uh, there was one afternoon, it was last November, uh, a year ago, not this last November, a year ago, November, and we had gone to the hospital uh, because she began to feel numbness and loss of feeling and, and strength in her, her, her good arm, her left arm. And we went and they ran a number of tests that uh, in the morning. And that afternoon we got a call from the hospital and they said, uh, Mr. Meyer, we, we'd like for you and Mrs. Meyer to come in. Uh, we want to talk to you about the results. And, and I said, oh, that's okay. We're going to be seeing our doctor on Tuesday and you know, we'll talk to him. And he said, no, I, I really want you and your wife to come in tonight. And I knew that wasn't good news. So we went into the hospital. This is, again, just a little bit more than a year ago. And they sat us down. They put this, this x-ray on the, uh, the x-ray thingy. That was the technical medical term. And he pointed to this. I couldn't make heads or tails, but he pointed to a, the x-ray. And he said, see right there. Right there, it's, it's a ta there's a tumor, large tumor attached to your wife's uh, spine, wrapped around the spine, right sitting on the lung. And they said, we're quite sure that it's, come, it's a cancer that's come out of the lung. And uh, it, your wife probably has about three months to live. You need to set your affairs in order. Tell your family and, and figure out what you're going to do. And again, I was thinking... How could this possibly be? And again, this, this fight for the presence of God in that moment. The ability to make good on the promise of God to draw near. To take hold of the reality of a God who has come close. Well, thankfully, they came to find out the next day it wasn't lung cancer. It was multiple myeloma, which is a, a cancer of the plasma cells in, in the bone marrow. But what we have found over this last year is that there is opportunity in circumstances to press in and to realize the value 
the life-changing, the experience-changing value of following a God who knows us, following a God who pursues us. I mean, I would like to say when we got that diagnosis, you know, I'm a pastor, and I said, hallelujah, God is good and we're fine. No, no, we cried, we held each other. But then again, we had that opportunity to say, Lord, I want to pry my eyes off of the situations and the circumstances and find you in this, in this situation. And there's not a person in this room tonight that have not been in situations where the circumstances are all you can see, whether it's financial, whether it's relational, whether it's circumstances in a marriage, circumstances that, uh, that have to do with your employment. Every one of us have had times in our lives where all we can see are the circumstances before us. But we're celebrating Emmanuel, a God who has come to be with us to be known by us and to bring that accompanying peace. And what this has involved for us is learning to redirect our attention and to find this very personal God in the midst of sometimes very difficult situations. And we, we see this, this reality of a God drawing near to his people throughout the scriptures. I mean, it's, it's just part of who he is. You know, when, when, when Jesus was baptized, one of the things that we read about is that it says that the, 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 the door of heaven opened up and suddenly the voice of God came and sliced from heaven into earth. And the Father said, this, speaking of Jesus, this is my beloved Son who I, I so love. When, when Stephen, who was the church's first martyr, was about to be stoned to death, it says that he looked towards heaven and he says, behold, heaven opened up and I can see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. There, there's a Celtic tradition that speaks of, of these openings into the very presence of God. And it talks about him as, as thin spaces. Spaces where the boundary and the division between heaven and earth are thin, where you can sense God's closeness and where you can sense God's presence. These times where the experiential awareness of the door being opened up wide, and God drawing close impacts our lives. These times where the division between heaven and earth are thin. And what I found is it usually depends on our willingness to pry our eyes off of circumstances and choose to find him. Because it's not as if God occasionally draws near it's not as if God says, I will be available to you when you come to the end of yourself, when times are, are hard enough that you can't make it on your own. But the scriptures teach, and Jesus said that he draws near to us 
regularly, consistently, that he's with us and he's within us. And it usually demands a willingness on our part to look for it and to take hold of it. And what I find is each of us are unique in what helps us, what enables us to experience these, these uh, thin places. What are those circumstances, what are those things that help us to see and to take hold of and to realize God's presence? I mean, there, there are some people who, who they say, when I get up early in the morning, everyone else is in bed, and I could just sense and I can find God at that early, quiet time with him. When I get up in the morning early, all I experience is tiredness. See, I'm a night owl. When, I'm, when it's late at night, that's when I can experience God's presence. When everyone else is asleep and I can quiet myself down and push away the day. Some people can experience these this presence of God when they're with lots of other people. Some other people, they say, no, it's only, it's when I'm in a deer stand out in the woods, I can sense God. I mean, I, I don't understand that. You know, they, you sense God when you cover yourself in, in skunk urine and sit up in a tree when it's freezing cold out. But you see, each one of us, each one of us, can learn what is it that helps me find that presence of God? What is it that helps usher me into the reality of his closeness? Not what will make God close, but what helps me experience the reality of his closeness. In the movie Chariots of Fire, you remember there was a uh, the, the main character, Eric Liedel, said that I, when I run, I experience God's pleasure. It behooves each one of us to discover what helps usher me before the very presence of God. What is it that helps me see and know and sense a God who's grabbed hold of my life and will help me grab hold of him. In Revelation, the book of Revelation, chapter 3, Jesus said, I place before you an open door that no one can shut. Every single one of you have before you a door that is flung wide open where God says, here I am, come and seek me. Come and take hold of me even as I have stepped off the very throne of heaven, stepped onto this earth and have taken hold of you. There is a door that is open for every single one of us that no one can shut. In, in the New Testament, in the book of Matthew, we, we have recorded the last words that Jesus spoke while on earth. Right before he ascended into heaven. You're, you're familiar. Last words. He says, And lo, I know when you've been bad or good, 
So be good for goodness sake. Right? No. The last words that Jesus spoke on this earth was, listen, I am with you always. I am with you always. This is the glory of the gospel. This is the treasure of of Christmas. We celebrate God being with us. And what remains is, is our response. What are we going to do with this God who has come close? A God who's drawn near. A God who knows us. A God who sees us. A God who loves us. And a God who wants to be known by us. And let me just say this as I finish up. This truth is not a reality that should be apprehended, taken hold of, considered only when time is tough. This is a reality that we need to learn to enjoy regularly and continually. The, the, the truth that God knows us, sees us, draws close to us, demands a response. It demands each one of us saying, Lord, I want to learn how to to have a a path into your presence. I want to learn how to find you in difficult times. And perhaps more difficult than that is I want to learn to see and sense and find you when everything is good around me, when everything is delightful, those times when it's easy just to push away and say, I can, I can take it from here. Because we, once again, celebrate tonight a God who says, my name is Emmanuel. I am with you. I am with you. And the question that we have to leave with tonight and wake up with tomorrow and again the next day and the next day and the next day is what will we do in response to a God who sees us, knows us, and has come close to us? Because it's not just a a response that has to be made at one point in time, though that's important. It's not just, well, I prayed a prayer when I was at vacation Bible school when I was seven, or I went forward at a church when I was 14, or I prayed this prayer when I was in college, that, that's good. But what's just as important is whether we live a life where we're continually saying, Jesus, you have drawn near to me, and I respond by drawing near to you in this day, in this moment, in this situation. Make sense? Here's how I want to end. Let's go ahead and have the, the worship team come up. I I just want to pray a very simple prayer for all of us. Just saying, Jesus, again, whether it's the first time you have ever prayed a prayer like this or you've prayed it daily for most of your life, that we could say, Jesus, I want to take hold of you even as you've taken hold of me. I receive the the forgiveness that you offer for every, every misstep I'll ever make, every sin I'll ever commit, 
I received that unconditional forgiveness, but now I want to, in response, surrender this life, this day, this evening, this moment to you. So let's just bow our heads and just pray with me. Whether it's the first time you ever prayed a prayer like this, or whether it's part of your, your daily repertoire. Father, we just say thank you. Thank you for seeing us. Thank you for knowing us. Thank you for sending your son from heaven to earth because you so loved us that you gave your only begotten son. So we say tonight, come, take hold of our lives. Help us to, to shift our focus from circumstances to you your presence. Come and have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand up? Let's sing one final song acknowledging, honoring, worshiping this God who's drawn near.
Father, once again, we thank you that your great love compelled you to come close in the person of Jesus. We just turn our attention to him. We thank you, Jesus, for giving yourself to know us, to die for us, to draw near to us. Have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.